Guys, welcome to Better Bachelor. This is Joker with a face for radio and a voice for print. Tonight, we're going to talk about Mr. Jordan Peterson. He's back in the news. He is back after a lengthy treatment for kind of getting hooked up on some medication that was originally supposed to help him. Um, I'm sure, I imagine most of you are pretty familiar with Jordan Peterson, uh, but he was a psychologist, I, I believe psychologist, uh, psychologist or uh, psychology professor. Yeah, I didn't think he was psychiatry. Uh, psychologist, he was a professor. He got in the news for uh, coming out, speaking against the new laws in Canada that would force certain pronouns to be used whenever you're addressing someone. And then he was interviewed and he gives a very good interview and he, he, he talks a lot about men's issues. And that's actually why it's important that he's back in the news and he's hopefully going to be back speaking um, for... Um, not only men, but his thoughts on society, on the women's uh, kind of women's empowerment and how young men should carry themselves. Now, I don't agree with him on everything because he's uh, kind of been hard on the guys going their own way uh, movement and he called them various names. And then he soft backtracked on that because he realized, I think, that he upset a lot of guys and that he maybe had the wrong take on it. So he did step back and he said, you know what, maybe this is me not understanding. And I'll agree with him on that. So he doesn't get everything right, but he is a pretty good advocate for men. And the other thing I like about him, it is he's purely scientific. He doesn't get emotional. He doesn't get angry. People try to poke at him and see if they can stir the bee's nest, as it were. And he still stays pretty flat. And he says, no, that's not what I said. I'm referring to these statistics or these studies or this. And he's very uh, logical about it, which is why I like him so much. So let, let's talk about him coming back. And then we're going to talk about why I think it's good for guys like us that he is back and dishing out some of his wisdom. So they say from MSNBC or MSNBC, I guess. No, uh, Microsoft News Network, MSN. Uh, Jordan Peterson tells fans he's back following a lengthy treatment for his uh, um, addiction. Jordan Peterson's returned to tell his fans that he's back after fish, finishing a lengthy treatment. He's a YouTube philosopher, and I think he put out a video today. I'll dig around. If I find the link for it, I'll put it below. He released, released a new video where he explained his experience of severely impaired health due to his use of benzodiazepines. Um, he he doesn't look the same. Uh, he's you can definitely tell he's been through a toll. It has taken um, some. It's taken a hard time on him, and uh, so I hope he's recovering and doing well. And uh, I hope he recovers. Um, he, the 58 year old began using. Hey, you know what? I'm not recording this. Sorry about that. Let me record it. A little late to the the ballpark here. The 58-year-old began using benzodiazepines such as Valium around 2016 before stopping and suffering from severe withdrawal symptoms including neurological damage. This put me this put me or that's put me in and out of hospitals for much of the past year he said and explained that he initially started taking benzodiazepines without giving it much thought. That was a mistake to say the least. Uh, he's, his quest to find specialists and suitable treatment took him on a journey across four countries and what he called the worst period of his life. He traveled to Connecticut, Russia, Serbia, and back to his home in Canada. And they go on to explain a little bit more about what's happened. Like I said, I'll try to find the video and put that below if you'd like to sit and watch that. I'm sure, um, I'm sure, uh, he'd appreciate the views. 
And of course, he thanks everybody for his the tremendous support. Um, I wanted to touch on here why I think it's back, or the, it's good that he's back. And um, if you haven't listened to many of his spe- uh, his talks, I think it's important to do so. Um, he has a very good way, and he's actually tapped into a lot of the things that we say, which is, uh, for example, and I think they touch on this in this article, where men will say, uh, or women will say, we want equality, we want to be treated like men, equal across the board. But then when it comes to not getting a promotion, they say, well, it's because I'm a woman, even if they're being treated the same. When it comes to things like a divorce court, or when it comes to things that they get a benefit out of, then they're fine to be the weaker gender. But when it comes about to wanting certain promotions or money or things that are beneficial, they want to be considered equal. So basically, they want all the good and none of the bad. And as a man, there's good with bad. As anybody, there's always going to be good with bad. So here's an op-ed from uh, the LA Times, and this is going back to 2018 when he was kind of in the spotlight a little bit, but it brings up some good points here. It says, uh, it's an op-ed, hate on Jordan Peterson all you want, but he's tapping into frustration that the girl power movement shouldn't ignore. One of the most controversial public intellectuals today is an eccentric, primly dressed professor who writes about esoteric mythology, dispenses old-fashioned wisdom, such as clean your room, and champions embattled ideals of manhood. Dr. Jordan Peterson, University of Toronto psychologist, best-selling author, and YouTube star, has been hailed by some as a messenger of hope for young men perplexed by cultural upheaval and denounced by others as a charlatan preaching patriarchy and fascism. fascism. And, you know, this is common that if you aren't, uh, if you aren't in, in lockstep with the mainstream media, if you're not in lockstep with every message that comes out of the girl power movement that instantly castigates you as patriarchal, as far right, as anything, and just for disagreeing. Um, they say, in reality, Jordan's uh, or Peterson's ideas are a mixed bag. He says some sensible and insightful, insightful things, and he says some things that rightly draw criticism. But you wouldn't know this from reading Peterson's critics, who generally cast him as far-right boogeyman, riding the wave of misogynistic backlash. And that's a mistake. And I agree with that. I agree. When somebody comes forth with data and information, and you instantly cast him out as, you know, you call him a certain thing. Same thing that happens to us. A lot of times we get called certain names because we just decide, we look at the statistics of marriage and divorce and custody and things like that. We say, you know, we're not going to take part in that. It, it doesn't mean that we're awful. It doesn't mean that we want to tear down the system, although some of you do. Um, but it does mean that we just are not willing to take part of it. Well, that's kind of how Peterson comes across, is that, again, uh, he's not t- saying anything but the data, and, and to, to castigate him for that is, is, is wrong, because it will chase other people away. The minute you say, don't listen to this person because A, B, C, D, E, human nature makes you say, I want to hear what they have to say. I at least want the ability to hear what someone else is saying about it, and then let me make up my m- own mind. The minute you say, well, we've listened, and we've made up our minds, and we're telling you, That doesn't work for independent, free-thinking people, especially guys like us. For all his flaws, Peterson is tapping into a very real frustration. More than half a century after the modern girl power movement began in the 1960s, we have yet to figure out the new rules for partnerships between men and women. Although Peterson can sound like a chauvinistic crank when he seems to suggest that women incite um, bad behavior by guys by wearing makeup to the office or uh, clothes that show cleavage, 
Um, they don't say that in the article. I'm adding that on because uh, I've heard him speak about that. Uh, his larger points that evolving norms are generating confusion and mixed signals and that women play a role in uh, sexualize, sexualizing work environments are far from absurd. Forgive me, it's very late at night and I've had a very long day, so my words are tumbling a bit. As they consider, we have rejected traditional uh, uh, proprieties that forbade coarse language in front of the ladies, yet a man can now be fired for telling a crude joke that offends a female coworker. This is a good example. Um, you know, treat us as one of the boys. We want to be just like everybody else. Well, men can joke around about things. Men can have certain conversations and no one's offended. As a matter of fact, a man can directly make fun of another guy. And a lot of times the guys are going to joke about it. As a matter of fact, um, guys specifically pick on people they like the most. That's one thing that women don't understand. Men will pick on other men, their best friends, probably more than anybody. Um, and the guys that don't do that, many times don't care for that person. So they're just not really, they're like, I don't, I don't even feel like interacting with them. Uh, so yes, if, if they do that in front of a woman, they get in trouble for it. And this make a, is a couple problems. Number one, it makes men unhappy around women. And number two, it makes men walk on eggshells. And number three, it makes women, men not want women in the workplace where they know it's going to be a majority of men. Can you imagine 20 guys all joking and having fun and goofing on each other and, 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 and enjoying themselves? And one woman comes in and now all the language, all the salty talk, all the ribbing each other and making fun of each other, it's all gone. Guys don't want that. Guys have a completely different atmosphere. Now, interestingly enough, I have worked in an office that was all women. They don't care. They will say some of the worst, grossest TMI, too much information conversations that I've ever heard. And of course, I can't speak up about it. If I were, they would have called me soft and, and, and said that I'm the one with a problem and that I'm too tender. To, you see how it, that works that way. But I know this for a fact. I've worked in these circumstances. Now, did I say anything? No, because it didn't really bother me. But I do know if the circumstances were reversed and it was a vast majority of men with just a couple of women in, that would not be okay. They continue on, calling women the weaker sex would be considered shockingly retrograde, yet ambivalent uh, encounters are easily recast as violations of women, with men presumed entirely responsible for ensuing consent. Workplace romances abound, yet flirting could be one step away from someone's idea of bad behavior. Um, and, and this is true. You know, if an attractive man flirts with a woman, oh, it's you stop. You oh, you're so sweet. You uh, you're funny. If an unattractive guy does it, hey, it's problematic. What if it's reversed? And there are many stories. I don't remember if I did a video about this, but it, when you reverse it, there's a, a couple of cases where I think it was a police officer who was a I want to either say a sergeant or a trainer. And one of his recruits was coming after him in the same kind of aggressive manner, he said no. And when he said, you know, cut it out or I'm going to say something, the woman said to him, I'll say something first and they'll believe me before they believe you. And all of a sudden he had no outs. So, you know, it's when it's, when it's convenient, they're weaker that way. Uh, well, I can't, I'm the victim. I've been, you know, things that bad things have happened to me, but when they want to, be equal? Well, I'm not weaker. I'm just the same as anybody else. In this bewildering environment, Peterson offers a code of personal responsibility and self-discipline. Although his message appeals to both men and women, the core of this fan base and the focus of his world-saving fervor are young men. Indeed, one of Peterson's central themes is that men in the modern world, Western world are in crisis. And I agree with this. We talk about it many, many times. 
Crisis or no, there is certainly evidence that many men and boys have been left struggling by the cultural transformation of recent decades. A 2013 MIT study titled Wayward Sons notes that boys are more likely than girls to be negatively affected by parental divorce, that young men are less likely to go to college or even complete high school than working class men, uh, that working class men are more likely than working class women to be left behind by economic shifts, and that those who lose out on the labor market are likely to face poor prospects for marriage and fatherhood. This is something else that we also talk about. Women do want to, and I think they touch on this in the article, women do want to marry up. They, they, women in a career field, in a woman's field, she wants to be equal to the top dog. Is that fair? Sure. If, if there's a network engineer male, network engineer female, if they do equal work and do, they work equal time, they should be given equal pay. However, that woman does not want to partner with that network engineer because they're the same. She wants somebody that is better. The, the studies show that women want a guy that is that makes 150% of what they do. So take a su- successful network engineer and she wants to marry uh, uh, she wants to marry up. That means she needs to find somebody that's doing better than a network engineer does. See how that works. So that leaves this network engineer only being able to look downward from his position to women that have lesser jobs or lesser incomes than him, not to mention attraction and all the other things we talk about. So there is very poor prospects for marriage and fatherhood for a lot of guys. Peterson sees uh, the girl power assault on masculinity as a major culprit, although there's much too sim- although this is much too simplest, simplistic an explanation. It's also true that in its current form, feminism certainly isn't helping. I have to jump over those words every once in a while because YouTube. Despite occasional lip service, the idea to the idea that the girl power movement can liberate men too from patriarchal confines, most uh, discourse spends far more time bashing men for trivial transgressions. Right. Um, again, it's it's um, you know they they keep saying patriarchy, patriarchy, patriarchy. A twenty year old man working at McDonald's or Burger King is not part of any patriarchal trends. A 30 or 40 year old guy that's working as a, you know, a, a, a labor construction or, or even doing the network engineer job or even doing a, a, an upper management position, the, the patriarch, there's no such thing. It's, it's long gone. Um, I mean, the guys that you were calling the patriarchs in the 1960s, a one year old boy in 1960, okay, is going to be in his 70s. Now, maybe he's part of the patriarchy now. But you're, you know, the the people you were talking about in the '60s and the '70s that are the old white guys, they're dead. They're gone. Now we have a new young generation, and they don't just get adopted into it because you see, we have all this wondrous um, uh, education, and we've trained it out of them. It, see, it's it's something that there always has to be an enemy because the moment the enemy is defeated, well, there goes all the programs. There goes all the money. That's the big one. There goes all the money. There goes all the help. Because there's no problem anymore, so there must always be a problem. So even when there isn't one, there has to there has to be this boogeyman, this shadow patriarchy that we must strike down, and it will live in perpetuity. I, I if you got rid of all men but three, somehow the patriarchy would still be blamed on them. 
Uh, the fact that the word masculinity so often appears next to the word toxic says a lot about this cultural movement. So does the proliferation of neologisms, uh, logisms, neologisms for bad behavior with a man as a prefix, mansplaining, mansplaining, manspreading, etc. Meanwhile, man, male troubles are met with what about men's mockery? Just look at the debate about Peterson. British journalist Helen Luz has jeered that he is viewed as a serious intellectual because he's writing for sad young white men. And their problems are, you know, real problems. The thing is, I'm going to I'm gonna end it here, but I'll, I'll leave the links below. I'm only about halfway, but I don't want to go too long. But you get the idea. The thing is, when they, when they cast out young white guys, the problem is they make the assumption that, number one, all young men and all white young men come from good families, that all come from middle class or upper middle class families. Let me tell you something. I've been through rough areas of the country. And when I say rough, I mean small West Virginia towns, small Georgia, small um, rural Kansas, rural Texas, rural, I guess maybe would be the, the better, small rural towns. And you know something? There's, as a matter of fact, the poorest county in America is it's overwhelmingly white and it's overwhelmingly rural. And it is it outbeats every ghetto and every other area in major cities. I think the average income is something like twelve or fifteen thousand dollars per person or per capita or per head 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 of home. Double check me on this. You can do some research on it. I don't remember the exacts about it, but you know the 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 crime rates and the problems are there. So just to assume because of skin color that you fall into well money, power education. Well, these are the young men that are getting left behind. And, and, and don't get me wrong, minority men are also getting be, being left behind. The point is, though, to say that anybody has a leg up just based on their uh, male, female, uh, color of their skin, whatever, is wrong. And that's one of the things that Jordan talks about that I think is so important, is that it, it doesn't matter your background as far as your your identity that you're born into. I, I can't control. I can't control being bald. I can't control um, being half Italian and half Irish. I, I can't. Those are things that are not controllable to me. But to call me out and say I have certain abilities through life because of it is wrong. And and that's one of the things that this Helen Lewis was making fun of him for because he's speaking for all men, saying all these men have these issues. And yes, certain demographics of those men's have more or less or different issues, but we have to look at the math and the science behind them. And if you do, you will find that men across the board are having these issues. And that's what he talks about. And that's why it's important that he's back. I'm glad to see he's back. I hope you check him out. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily agree with all of him, but he's always bringing forth good data, good ideas, and a good, logical, sound way to at least kind of open your mind to being recep uh, uh, receptive of some of these issues. Guys, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, if you'd like to support my work, links are below as always. If you have, thank you very much. And the best way you can support me is like, comment, share, subscribe, and join me over on betterbachelor.locals.com for the forums. And I, I post my videos over there as well. So if something goes on here at good, good old YouTube, I will still have a place to put out some videos. Guys, that's it for me. This is Better Bachelor. I'm Joker. And remember, check out Jordan Peterson. He's got a lot of good things to say. I think he's a good voice for men. He's uh, While he's not always accepted by everyone, he comes at it in a logical, um, uh, t calm, and rational way that I think will get our message heard.